Hello listeners and welcome to episode 3 of Retrospective Replay, a serialised episodic podcast on video games. This is season 1, Vagrant Story. My name is Ian, and I am joined tonight by Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Obviously, last week we delved into some of your Irish history with the Doolahan. Oh, yeah. This week, we, where did we end up? We ended up in the catacombs. We'll be resuming from there. But first of all, I want to introduce a new section so you've probably heard it at the end of the episode where I keep talking about sending in patch notes and patch notes is our way of correcting misinformation, fake news. We we want to try and keep this podcast correct and factual. Yeah, but it's not intentional fake news. So It's, it's not intentional fake no. news. No, no, we're not trying to mislead anyone. Some of the keener listeners may have heard me introduce this as a vagrant story instead of a vagrant story this week. So for the past two weeks, I've been saying it wrong well. Not for the past two weeks, probably the past two weeks plus 21 years, I've been saying wrong, but I now learn the errors of my ways. So it's a vagrant story because you're a vagrant, not a vagrant. Which is quite, which is similar. So you have a vagrant and vagrancy is not having a home. But then if you think about a vagabond. Yeah, true. It's not a vagabond, is it? No, but there you go. That's the nuances of the English language. I mean, a Vega bond would be what, like a check given to you by Vega from Street Fighter. That's that's a horrible joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the second patch note I have is from episode two at five minutes 47. I said the manor at 11.48 a.m. What I should have said was that Ashley and Melos were at the manor at 1.58 a.m. If it had happened at 11 a.m., things would have been slightly different in terms of a setting. And the final one is that I said when you get some items from the Minotaur that it cures paralysis. And what I should have said was paralysis. I've noticed one other thing that you've said. Um, what, what is that? Um, you're leaving out the R on Merlos. Um, I am? Merlos? Merlos? Merlos. And I'm wondering, because she sounds like wine. Merlos. You're right. I do say Merlos, but I will try to accent the R with Merlos. Okay, so to resume where we left off, we had actually travelled into a new section of the game, the catacombs. So we reload the game, we're the catacombs, the music catacombs starts to play, and we're in a square room filled with sarcophaguses, or sarcophagi. If you go over to the left-hand side of the room from where you entered, I don't know if you explored this room, but there's actually some traps there. I mean, and I can say traps in quotes because they are healing panels and curing panels. So a healing panel will heal you, a healing trap, and a curing panel will cure any statuses that you might have on you, which we didn't, you know, because I don't think the last boss actually cast any spells. But you can jump onto that healing panel as many times as you want to get your energy back to full. Or you could just stand around for five minutes while it slowly regenerates. So we leave this room, which is Hall of Sworn Revenge, and we go into the next one, The Last Blessings. This is like a connecting corridor-style room, and we see a new type of dog. We get first get attacked by a bat, which which are so simple. Yeah. You know, they have been from the start. You hit it once, it goes down. No matter what you hit it with, Fandango, Rapier, Tavarish, 
we have, but there's also like a hell dog. But I haven't actually been attacked by a hell dog. It hasn't had the time to hit me yet because I normally beat them before they get a chance to attack. Yeah, it took me a while to realize that the wolves had changed. I was like, what's wrong with the wolves? Well, they've got fire on them or something. Um, so yeah, they're obviously yeah. a different type of enemy. We move through this corridor from the Last Blessings into the Weeping Corridor. And it's basically exactly the same. Even the enemies are the same. Apart from when you try to get through the door. There's a freeze trap, yeah. What? I mean, that is a cheap trick. It is. This freeze trap is one square away from the door in the middle, so you're pretty much always going to walk that way. And it does quite a lot of damage. It's about 75, 80 damage. Yeah, it's impossible to miss it. That's a, It's a cheap shot. It's a very cheap shot. We move next into the Persecution Hall. This is a large square room with lots of sarcophagi in again. Wait, before the freeze trap, did you not fight a skeleton? No, I, I actually played this section of the game twice a little bit of it anyway I played about the first four or five rooms before I ter- okay. had to turn it off so when I reloaded the save I went back there and it seems there's a bit of randomness when it comes to deploying enemies some enemies are obviously set in stone and will always appear but it seems that some can possibly be a bit of variation so when I went with the persecution hall there was a new type of enemy for me there there was a slime no when I was in the, the room where the freeze trap was there was a skeleton so I was thinking um, like the skeletons from Golden Axe. Yeah, but when you moved into the next room, the persecution hall, was there a slime in there? No. So for me, I fought a slime and a skeleton, I think. There was two exits, well, three in total. The door we came in, there was an exit straight ahead, and there was a second exit to the left-hand side of our entry point up very high. And as we know, that an exit up very high that requires the use of boxes to get to is probably worthwhile. So did, did you go straight? Did you go there first, or did you go there second? I went up to the top, yeah, with the boxes. Yeah. So it was a box puzzle. There was three boxes stacked high. So again, we had to destroy one so you could move the other two. To get the box up to the ledge, you had to first place it on a sarcophagus because the ground actually rose up above where the sarcophagus was. So you just kind of had to load it up and load it up again, which would allow you to get into the rodent-ridden chamber. So you start into here with a skeleton and there's a chest up very high. You beat the skeleton and there's another box puzzle with two crates stacked on top of each other and you had to move one crate below the ledge and jump up. In here there was a pink squirrel which is an iron axe and a mace combined but it does blunt damage not sharp. There's some leather armor, a gem and some healing items. So you probably can guess this because we had a conversation offline earlier today but can you tell me what a pink squirrel is? I believe it's a cocktail. It is a cocktail. Would you like to know what's in a pink squirrel? It's a third of a cup creme d'almond. It's a third of a cup white creme de caco. So it's, um, that is, it's a white chocolate, isn't it? Uh, and then it's two thirds of a cup vanilla ice cream, some maraschino cherries for garnish. So that's, that's lovely, isn't it? Uh, a pink I'm just thinking, where does the pink come from? Is that the cherries then? It must be the cherries. Yeah, good point. It's just funny, um, when I put Pink Squirrel into Google, that was the first thing that came up, and there was a lot of hits for Pink Squirrel as that, and as we might find out later, there could be a couple more like this. So we leave the Persecution Hall and come to the Shrine to the Martyrs. Again, there's more sarcophagi in there, which presumably are, are, are the so-called martyrs. Why the martyrs? We've no idea. There's three doors in total. The door we came in, door to the right, and a door in front, which is locked and a couple of undead enemies. So we beat the enemies, and I personally didn't go up to the door because it was locked. I immediately went right, but I think 
did you go to the locked door? Yes, and it's rusted. It's called a rusted door. And then there's a comment that Ashley makes, oh, it would take an earthquake to open this. Which... On the nose. Given, yeah, given that there's been loads of earthquakes before, how come that this door would just need another earthquake to open? Um, yeah. I think we were saying previously the fact that they were giving the players credit. Ex- yeah, just the last Yeah, just, just last week, I think, yeah. Yeah, just last week, explaining the floaty green block, that it's not just a floaty green block, it's like magic and all of that. It's the grimoire. Yeah, the grimoire. And now it's like, oh, the, here's a rusted door. Oh, it would be a shame if, if it wasn't, if there was an earthquake, it would be open. Which, given that there's been loads of earthquakes in yeah. this place already, it just seems a little bit, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's a bit cheap. It, it is a bit cheap. And, it, and it's almost insulting us at this point when they were trying to explain how, why you had floating green blocks, how the magic is. And they were using like old spellings for fairy tales. And they used the correct spelling for magic to indicate actual magic, which unless you look up, you, you're not going to know. It is really clever stuff that they've been doing up to this point just to then almost insult you to say, oh, this door's rusted shut and now you need an earthquake to happen. Yeah, you're right. It's Yeah, because before that, you know, there was like they were locked with magic, which is fair enough. You can you, you can take that, yeah. you know, that's something and you've got to go and find a way to do it. But you can't open the door until an earthquake and you know an earthquake's going to be coming. Yeah, exactly. You know that it was coming, and why couldn't it there maybe be another mechanic? Why couldn't it be possibly a lever through another door? Or why couldn't it be a key in a chest or a key dropped by an enemy? Like, it could be it was locked by some guy, like a small demi-boss who was, like, the jailer or something, you know, and he had 100 health, and you defeat him, you get a key. But instead, as you say, it's this. So we go through the only door that's available to us and that was the one from our right hand side as we came in the room and we end up in a room called the lamenting mother which is a long room that dog legs to the left hand side as you walk in there's a small cut scene that shows ashley walking and the camera cuts and a ghost suddenly appears in front of him and it's like a purple ghost right it's like a whitish purple with a purple hue yeah i said it's a purple phantom purple phantom that phantom's probably a much better way to describe it rather than a ghost yeah i mean it doesn't seem to have a face or anything i thought it had the consistency of being like a jelly baby <laughs> with its arms <laughs> spread out so that's what i thought it looked like it, it's kind of a an outline it's a phantom it's a purple phantom and yeah. it has no legs and to reference the simpsons again i believe it was I'll, i will give the credit to you instead it looks a bit like mr burns when he's all on high on his drugs and he's glowing i bring you love this purple phantom doesn't bring you love it attacks us well there's a one minute there's a one minute countdown clock it phases in and out of the battlefield which is highly annoying the first time you fight this thing and i believe it's possibly trying to stay on the range of the player but it phases in and you only get half a second three quarters of a second to activate your battle sphere otherwise it, it attacks you and it attacked me from the offset with a spell, Degenerate, which is the spell we have from the Debile Grimoire, but I've not actually used it yet at this point. So it lowered my strength, and because the strength is lowered, I was causing three damage on this ghost. I was not off to a good start. I did three damage, and I had to wait until the spell wore off before I could really do any proper damage to it. I don't believe you have it yet. I think it's called a break art, and it's called Rendering Gale, and you might have it, but the way you activate it's a bit clumsy. 
you have to go into the menu, go up to break art, select rendering gale. It then brings up the range sphere. You select the target, you press circle to attack. So it's not it's not fluid. I'm sure there was an easier way of doing it, really. It could have just possibly been, you know, you press circle, bring up the battle menu, and then could you not press another button at that point to enable break art? But I attacked it with the break art, like an ultimate attack, and it did 15 damage. So it was because my strength had been lowered. So you need to chase this phantom down um, and attack it before it attacks you. It felt like it took ages, but I still managed to defeat it with 38 seconds left. So yeah. That, well, that's because when you're in the menu, when you're in battle mode, when the sphere pops up, the, all the action freezes, it doesn't count down. Once we do defeat this, a small tremor happens. But actually, I don't think even we'd register to see it. So it's almost like an aftershock from a previous one. Once we have defeated the Phantom, there's a chest in the corner. And we go up to that. We get a sword called a Shandy Gaff. A Shandy Gaff? What's a Shandy Gaff? A, a Shandy Gaff. Well, again, I googled this one. And it's another cocktail. I believe this might be more American than us. Because here in the UK, we have a Shandy, which is beer, a lemonade, topped up a lemonade. Well... It's, it's probably about half and half or two thirds and a third, but a shandy gaff is two thirds beer and one third ginger ale, which I've never had before, but I'm actually thinking about trying it now. Yeah, I mean, a shandy gaff, a gaff is as well um, a slang term for a house. But it's not, that's not the only thing. You can actually, if you Google a lot of the weapons, you can find cocktail variants, like the Fandango is a cocktail that uses gin, vodka, and chartreuse. But a fandango is also a type of dance, so I guess there's lots of different... And it's probably yeah. a name for a weapon as well. As You know, the rapier and the tavarish, you can find cocktails named after these weapons. So it's whether, yeah. what came first, the weapon or the cocktail? Probably the weapon. I don't think cocktails really come along until, what, the, the 1920s, 1910s? Definitely, well, maybe more mainstream cocktails probably from the 1900s. There might have been cocktails earlier than that, but certainly things like these white Russians and... You, you probably wouldn't find till the 20s, but I think, we, I think we're off to a bit of a non-sequitur here. So let's try and rein it back in. By referring to that um, tremor or, surprise, surprise, earthquake. Yeah, so so that, so that little earthquake happens. We then leave, return back to the Shrine of Martyrs, goes to a cutscene, camera cuts in front of Ashley, and we get more tremors, which then build upon each other and it builds up and the screen shakes very violently. Ashley says not again and the quakes climax with a large sound of destruction and Ashley looks behind him through at the door where we've just came in indicating that something had happened. So I actually then turned back around, went back into the lamenting mother but straight away what you notice is the ghost has respawned. There's no timer this time and in the middle of the room there's now just a huge hole. It spans the entire width of the room, the entire floor. It's about six blocks long. But just like when Sydney flew off at the gallows, this hole just goes infinitely down. Didn't even want to fight the Phantom again. So I turned round, went back to the Shrine of Martyrs, to the rusted door. And when you open the rusted door, it says something like, the rust on the hinges fell off. Yeah, surprise, surprise, the door is open then, because the rust on the hinges fell off. You know, this this Ashley guy, he can he's picking crates up that are one meter cubed and he lifts them straight over his head without even bending his knees. So this this is a strong guy. Yeah, I mean like he's a one man army. He's like I am the reinforcements yeah. and he he can't push a bit of a rusty door. Yeah. I think you're right. I think uh, you know, not to labour on the point too much, but 
another mechanic of anything would have, I think, made... Even, you know, because they've already introduced magic. We've accepted magic in this world. It could have been after you'd beaten the Phantom that he... It was locked with some kind of a sigil. He dropped it and you could open that door. Why would you need an earthquake to to shake rusty hinges? It just doesn't add up. Yeah. And what I'm curious about now is what happens... I might have to find this out and report back next episode. What happens if you let that timer count to zero, I wonder? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess you die. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I will endeavour to discover this and report back on it for next week for episode four. We move into the Hall of the Dying Hope. There is some undead with long-range weapons for me. You might have had something different. I'm hoping there might be a bit consistency with the enemies at this point. Yeah, no, they had long-range weapons. I think one of them had a Tavarish. Right. If I remember correctly. And another one had a long sword. Yeah, a long sword, similar to the Dullahan sword. Yeah. But he's not as powerful. Nowhere near as powerful. There is three exits again in this room. The one we came in, one that's four blocks above us, and one that's easily accessible. So, as we know, the hard route should give us some nice items. It's a block puzzle to get up to this doorway that's four blocks up. However, we're introduced to a new type of block. I'm assuming you notice this. It looks like... Like a marble block. No, no, this is the crate with the iron sort of framework on it that can slide on the floor. So you can't pick it up, but you stand next to it, and when you press X, Ashley then pushes the block, and it slides across the floor. You can't pick it up, obviously, and it does mean if you push it into a corner gets stuck so you have to leave the room and come back in the room to reset the puzzle so you push that block under the ledge and take the second crate pick it up and put it on top of that block and it allows you to jump up and get inside this room is the bandits hideout it had a ghost but as soon as i went into the room the ghost spawned next to me and i managed to kill it i think in one chain attack i think i managed to chain six or seven times and i took it down super fast compared to the first time okay is that similar to the phantom the purple phantom sorry yeah it's a it's a phantom sorry yeah you want to correct calling it a ghost you know i may as well be calling casper you know a little little friendly ghost that comes in it's a phantom isn't it well something like that but when i saw him he was firing fireballs Right. Okay. No. I never so saw obviously him. you got in. You got there before he could attack you. Yeah. Um, and his attack is a fireball. It, it literally spawned right next to me, and I just chained together six or seven attacks, and bang, it was gone. In this room, this is where there's a block puzzle, and we're introduced to the marble stone. So the marble stone has a similar mechanic as the framework crate, with the fact that. It, it only slides across, but it doesn't slide. He rolls it, but essentially it's the same thing. You stand on one side, Ashley rolls it. But the difference between these two is that a crate can be destroyed if necessary, whereas the marble block, it can't. If you target a marble block, it says indestructible. So this block puzzle, actually, there is a marble block and a framework crate next to each other in the corner. You destroy the crate, you roll the block across to the ledge, you jump up, and in it you get a soul kiss dagger and a Taj, which is a bronze shield. And I believe I equipped the bronze shield straight away. I had no interest in the dagger because of its short range. Again, it's one of those small shields. No, it reminded me of Zoolander, you know, where it's like, uh, what is this, a school for, for ants? <laughs> was this a shield for ants? That's what it looks like. We go back through the Hall of Dying Hope and into the more easily accessible door into the bloody hallway. 
there's no enemies. This is a square room, probably six blocks wide by about 12 blocks long. And I say blocks as in the same sort of size block as a crate, so one one by one meter blocks, so six meters wide by 12 meters long. And there's a wall in the middle, one block high. And it's quite a complex puzzle, this one. I actually had to reset the puzzle at one point because I messed it up the first time. How did you find it? No, yeah, I had to reset as well. So to try and explain how to complete this box puzzle, I think it would be too long and arduous, really. But there's a mixture of crates and marble blocks, and it basically involves getting the crates from one side of the room to the other by placing them on marble blocks and moving them across. Kind of like that old riddle, isn't it? You've got the fox, the chicken, and the grain, and you have to get them across the board. It's it's kind of a similar thing to that in a way, but... Yeah, but as you say, if you make a mistake, you realise you made a mistake and you just leave and it resets it, so... So the next room is Faith Overcame Fear. It's another one of these corridor connecting type rooms that I fought two undead, a skeleton, and one extra who had a bow gun. Nothing nothing to really say, just move on through. After that, we get into the Withered Spring. This is a square room with four doors. One of them is locked with a lily sigil, so we can only go left or right from our starting position. In this room, there is an undead woman and an armor with a large sword, plus a save point. So what way did you go first? Did you go left or did you go right? Left. Left. So left is the workshop. Yes, the workshop, yes. So we go into the workshop. The music changes to a song called Factory, and the workshop is called Work of Art. I quite like the workshop. The music's nice. It's kind of, you know, I think it's meant to be kind of relaxing, inviting, and calming. In the workshop, I really like the design of the workshop. You can see a loom and a spindle. There's a workbench, and then there's like big saws, you know, that you would use to chop down trees. I think it's like the saw like a lumberjacks would use, where it's like one man each side, and they chop through huge trees and huge logs. A crosscut saw. A crosscut saw, yeah. I used the container at this point purely to store some items because my inventory was almost full. I didn't actually attempt to craft anything at this point because I was doing quite well with the rapier. I seem to be dispatching enemies quite fast. I don't seem to have any problems, so I didn't want to potentially craft something to use now when I could craft something better later, which is pretty typical of me, you know. When I play an RPG, I'm always saving items. The last RPG I played all the way through, I kept saving all the good items, thinking I will need this for the next boss, I will need this for the next boss, and I managed to beat the whole game, and I didn't use these items when I should have. I will say, though, going through the list in the workshop, there seems to be a lot of customization, so you can make... You can make weapons, you can repair weapons, you can you can attach things to weapons, you can combine weapons. Yep. So it, it seems like an awful lot of customization. Mm, mass amount of customization, which we will have to delve into more in depth, along with the, the hood, the risk system, battle abilities, affinities types. There's, there's a lot to talk about. But I think, as you said, it, you know, the game doesn't... I don't know if you have to get into that level of detail if you don't want to, but, but it obviously helps. I don't think so. Um, I don't think you have to, no, because I was telling you, I watched someone do a speedrun of this game and they beat the whole game in round about two hours and he just shot through it. What took us about an hour to get to the Minotaur, he did in 10 minutes. Obviously, he's skipping all the cutscenes, but he gets there extremely fast and he's probably not creating weapons because to speedrun the game, I can't imagine you do. I haven't used anything, I haven't crafted anything, but I probably will at the next one. So we leave the work of art, go back through the withered spring to the next room, which is repent, O ye sinners. 
Again, it's a three-door room, and this had a new enemy type for me that I hadn't saw yet, which was a mummy. He looked like a mummy anyway. He was kind of undead, wrapped in bandages, very similar to a mummy. I believe the door then is to our right-hand side, and it is called the Reaper's Victims. And when you get in there, you'll remember this because the door locks behind you. Yeah, the door has been locked. Yeah. And there's a bat, and there was a one-armed armour undead with a rapier. I beat him, but there didn't seem to be anything in there. I don't think I dropped anything. I'm wondering, is there a secret? What it looked like, though, up high, it looked like it was another door, but you couldn't interact with it anyway. I'm thinking, is it a new game plus? We left and went back through Repent, O Ye Sinners, to the Stab of Last Hope. And this is the room, you might remember, where you start very, very high. Sort of four or five blocks above everyone else. And I was immediately attacked by a skeleton, yeah. which I beat and then jumped down. There's three more exits. So it, we're, we're hitting a labyrinth right now, aren't we? Every room we go into has three more exits. And it just seems that, you know, you get lost forever. But it's not that bad. Because one of them exits is the rusty door from the lamenting mother from the other side of it so when we went to the chest the first time we got there there was a door that you could not access which we didn't mention then but i'm mentioning now next to that chest was another door that said it's rusted shut after this earthquake and you've got this door from behind as you approach it it says the rust fell off the hinges and it lets you go through i'm not really sure what the point of this is because you go through and there's nothing there it's probably only accessible for if you missed the chest the first time because this is the only way you could get back to that chest but we interacted with it the first time we were there i went in i beat the ghost super fast this time again no timer and i was curious what happens if you jump into the blackness so i did it in the name of science no i jumped down into the blackness uh you respawn you take 20 damage so you know nothing so we go back via the stab of last hope into hallway of heroes and here I encountered an enemy with a very large mallet. And I don't think I'd saw a mallet up to this point. Oh, yes. I think it's one enemy. It's a corridor connecting style room. The next room we go into is the Beast Domain. So it's a little bit of foreshadowing as to what might happen. Because it's a funnel shaped room. And we are kind of at the, the pointed end of the funnel. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. And as we walk in, there's no enemies. And it says the door has been locked. As you walk forward, you get a small cutscene and you see a tail run past the sarcophagus. And it could be it could be anything, couldn't it? It could be a velociraptor type of thing or, or a lizard or something. Just as we get a bit further into the room, we get another cutscene and the camera shows Ashley and pans up towards the ceiling. Then you can see a lizard man clinging to the ceiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this seemed a little bit totally out of place because, well, for me it was. I wasn't expecting lizard people. Um, I mean, because everything else in this had been, I'll, I'll say grounded in reality, but, you know, you had knights and you had dead people walking around and now suddenly, I mean, I guess there was a dragon earlier on, but lizard people. Well, it's something new anyway. Bird and bats. It is better than bats. So the lizard man jumps down and there's actually two of them and they're both armed with spears. What I noticed was the music didn't change. No. It indicates this isn't a boss. This is actually just a regular fight. So we will be seeing more lizard men in the future. So if there are lizard men, will there also be Batman? Is Batman going to show? (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. I don't think we'll be seeing Batman or Man Bat or whatever. (laughs) It's not a boss, but they do have... They have this, like I said, they have spears, so they have a long range and they cause a lot of damage. Did you take any damage off these guys? Uh, no. All right, I did. They, they took 80 points of damage. B, 
basically the same amount of damage as the Doolahan. Yeah, actually, that's that's quite significant. After you beat the first one, you are given a spear and a lily sigil to open that door. Did you notice anything about when they died? I didn't, actually. The noise they make. No. Did they sound like a, a big cat? I, I, I was trying to think. I googled it a couple of times, but I couldn't find it. I was like, is it a leopard? No. Is it, it's like, because it doesn't sound like a lizard. No, right, fair enough. No, now that you've mentioned it, I didn't I didn't notice it, but I will look out for it next time we encounter one of these enemies. Like I said, the first one gives us a spear and the Lily Sigil, but the second one, defeating that, unlocks the door. So again, we have to backtrack through, back to the Withered Spring. The Wizard's Sleeve. Where we now save the game, and bef- before we use the Lily Sigil, because that takes us through to the next area. So that's it for this evening. We get to the save point, save our progress, and return to the real world. Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. We are on Facebook as Retrospective Replay if you want to join in on the conversation. You can also email us at retrospectivereplay at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or patch notes. Until next week, good night and Godspeed. Thank you.